powered by the National Screen Institute. This is The Hats We Wear, and I'm your host, Emily Palmer. Welcome to this limited podcast series, where you'll hear from some incredible individuals who happen to be the alumni of the National Screen Institute. Throughout the show, we'll talk successes, failures, highs and lows, and the journey of life as guests navigate the creative media industries in Canada and beyond. This show is produced and distributed from Treaty 1 territory. We acknowledge the land that is occupied and their traditional keepers. Anishinaabe, Cree, Dakota, and the Métis. This is The Hats We Wear. Have you ever wondered what it means to be a storyteller? I mean, it sounds simple. We tell stories every day to our parents, our siblings, our friends, and perhaps even to our pets. I personally talk to my dog, Jack, every single day. But have you ever considered storytelling in the film and television industries? Do writers and filmmakers just wake up one morning and say, okay, I have this idea, and I'd like to make a short film about it. Or, I have this idea, and I'd like to make a documentary series. Is it really that simple? How does this creative process happen? Within this episode, we'll hear from NSI alumnus Josh Epstein to answer these big questions. We'll take time to lean into his own experiences of going from theater acting to producing and writing on-screen films, and listen to his own perspective of what it means to be a storyteller. So I was the guy in commerce at UBC. I'd be in the commerce building, like head in my books, doing finance, <laughs> all this stuff. And then I would, every break I have, I'd walk over to the theater building and hang out in the green room, audition for their shows. And they'd be like, who's this business guy who wants to sing and dance? This is Josh Epstein. He attended the National Screen Institute in 2010 and took courses like Totally Television and NSI Features First. He's now working as a writer, actor, and producer, and he's living in Vancouver. He's developed films like Edward, Adventures in Public School, and Astrid's Death List, some of which can be found on platforms like Netflix, Crave, and HBO. I was interested to know when he entered the world of the creative arts. When did it all start for him? So he brought me back to an early memory from when he was around eight years old, acting for a theater production of Peter Pan. Well, the only way I can describe it is I was eight years old and I was my first production I happened to get into this huge production of Peter Pan I was Michael the little boy and like hearing the audience laugh at some reaction you know theater is it's the greatest venue for an actor like you're you're in control there's no like as opposed to film there's no cutting or editing you you go from the beginning of the show to the end you're a, you have a freedom to do things although I did get in trouble sometimes on that show because I fooled around and <laughs> made mistakes but I was a kid so I think that's why I still love it is because like I you know I, I had a bit of freedom to to mess around a bit. Acting has always been a big part of Josh's life from his childhood throughout his high school years although following his grade 12 graduation he switched gears, and he attended UBC to complete his commerce degree. 
Yeah, I did. I was I was always an actor growing up um, since I was nine years old, eight years old. And then I graduated high school and I was very close to like going to down to New York and going to acting school there. I visited a few schools and I just and maybe a part of it me was scared, but part of me was just I didn't feel right. Like it didn't feel like that was all I wanted to do. So I, I went to UBC. I figured I could do both. I went to UBC. I did commerce, but outside of school, I was always still acting. I was doing shows. So I, I tried to fit them both in. And then near the end of commerce, I decided I wanted to pursue. I was going to pursue acting full time um, before you know, finding my commerce job. I was like, I'm going to give this a real go. And I did that at Studio 58. Studio 58 is a professional theater training school in Vancouver. So then I trained at Studio 58 and then I never really did go back to commerce. I was in the arts, but I found a way to bring it into the arts, which is what was really sort of unique for me. For sure. And so can you kind of describe what it was like to make that decision to say, you know, I'm going to leave my commerce degree behind me and kind of just go full force into becoming an actor and writer producer what kind of was like going through your mind at that time well at that time I had done four years of commerce and acting outside so I was pretty sure that I I knew like it was it wasn't a tough decision like in my third year of commerce because I was always thinking ahead in my third year of commerce I went to studio 58 auditions and I said I'm not coming next year I want to come the year after and I just basically told them straight up what I wanted and I think they thought that like they hadn't heard that before like that I wanted to finish my education first and then I'll come and so they like even like you know years later they would say I remember when you auditioned and and you were determined to do another year of school but more likely I was just giving myself two chances to audition (laughs) so if I didn't get in that year I'd audition the next year um yeah, so I knew I I was pretty sure that I I knew that I wanted to pursue the acting full. I mean, I'd been acting all my life. I loved it. I was you know addicted to it, and um, you know, I wasn't great at sports. I loved sports, but I wasn't great at sports. And then to be able to after school to go to my different world, like, and I really I I was always like in a show outside of school, so I was always like going off at night to do rehearsals, and, and it just just felt so it just felt like my place kind of just looking back at it generally like what kind of shifted for you to want to know that you wanted to become a storyteller um and to like share your own stories and have these ideas in your head that you wanted to kind of bring to a larger audience I was always interested in writing I was like I used to write music I'd write like come home I had I had a friend Zane Ali who's passed away but me and him would just come home from school we'd write music for hours downstairs and then we started to turn the you know I was started to think about turning them into a musical and then I, and then at one day it just really naturally went from like writing on the piano to like just writing it just I don't even know the day or the switch or what switched it but it just became maybe I couldn't do it fast enough I didn't have enough knowledge of the piano to be able to write different enough different songs so it just started to you know be pen and pencil on paper and a big shift one of the big shifts was at studio 58 um somebody made it so easy for me uh Aaron Bishkowski a teacher there he just sat he just came in front of the class it was like the first day and he was like gave us a problem think of a problem okay now you have 10 minutes to write about it and solve it and I was just like, well, I was coming from commerce and I was like, oh, I want to take this home and 
And then like usually the usual routine would be like, take this home and not look at it for four hours. And then right before I have to go to bed, realize, oh my God, I got to write this thing and then spend up too long writing it. And so that would have been the routine, but I looked around and everybody was writing and I was maybe just the competitive nature in me. I was just like, I got to write. So then I stopped thinking about it and just started writing. And I realized how much I love that, how much just the simplicity of just writing, getting my thoughts out on the page, not thinking about it, not like, you know, trying to get it right or Googling something or, you know, I just, just to write. So that was a huge breakthrough moment for me where I was like, I am a writer. Like, I think everybody has a part of them that's a writer because I think everybody, if they write something really personal and specific, which they do, then it's great storytelling. It, it really became, I, I just felt like I have, I mean, I still to this day, like I feel I have so many ideas in my head and it's about finding the right avenues to write them and the time to write them. Josh and Kyle Wrightout, who also happens to be an alumnus of the National Screen Institute, have been longtime business partners in the film and television industries. Together, they developed the film Adventures in Public School through the NSI Features First program. In 2017, it premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival. The film is centered around a teenage boy, Liam, who has been homeschooled for his entire life by his suffocating mother. After falling in love with a one-legged girl, he enters into a state school for the first time to get the real high school experience. What was the writing process like? How did this idea come to life? It was actually the first thing we started, the first feature that we started writing. We made Edward first, but we 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 were sort of working on them both at the same time. And I think um, I was just interested in that world. You know, we would just brainstorm. We brainstormed pages and pages of ideas that we were really interested in. And then the ones, you know, that we really loved would sort of just get threaded out and, and developed a bit further. And this one, just from the get-go, we were both, you know, really interested I knew some people who were homeschooled and I knew some of their parents and I knew how devoted they were to this, to, you know, it was almost like a religion. Like it was like this belief that this is the way it should be done. And there's a lot of truth to that. And I, I just, I guess it's like curiosity. Like we just got really curious with it. We interviewed some people who, who did it. And then, and then the other thing that happens in our process is that we rewrite things a thousand times. Um, so when it started off, he like, they lived in the forest in this cabin. He had a, his best friend was like this bear that he would see from a distance. And then his cabin burnt and they had to move to the city. And that's why he was such an outsider. <laughs> that was like the original version. Yeah. So it's changed a lot since then, but the, that theme of just, you know, fish out of water, going to school that you know we had talked to someone who had had that experience and they had sneezed and someone said bless you and they didn't know what that was they were like scared a little bit of like had a like a visceral reaction to it like why is that person talking to me after I sneezed just I think I was just so curious about you know pulling that out and 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 seeing this person grow up and and you know um closeness with a parent you know I for me um you know I was very close to my parents but I had a special relationship with my grandmother who um I'd say you know like there's a bit of truth in any script you know it's morphed truth but um 
me and my grandmother were like best friends, you know, she used to pick me up at school and, and embarrass me too. Like she would pick me up in her car and I was a little bit embarrassed of getting in my grandmother's car, like right after, you know, it was like probably early high school. And so I would sort of like almost hide myself. Like I was like hiding under my toque and my backpack pulled up and then I'd cross in front of her car and she'd honk her horn. Oh no. So that everybody <laughs> saw. Like she knew. She That's was incredible. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, it is no surprise that the television and filmmaking industries can be challenging, competitive, and unpredictable. So I asked him if he could look back in time before he became an actor, a writer, and a producer. What advice would he give to his younger self? I mean, it's a hard industry, and everyone will tell you that. But I really feel I for me like hard work is good luck is hard work hard work is good luck like that that's my that's definitely my like trademark like I or the or the thing I believe in the most I, I do I have you know because I've been in the industry for so long in the different industries like I've really seen people who outworked who who just kept going who were passionate about something that it did pay off for them in the end and creating your own work is creating your own work is like a phenomenal way to kickstart a career at any stage and and really if I were to like if I could put a stamp on anything in this country is we train an an enormous amount of actors for the amount of jobs there are we train directors we train writers but there aren't a lot of places that train producers the national screen institute is one of the only places in canada um, and they package it with making a film and you know i producing is is it can be everything it can be nothing it's a hard position to define and maybe that's why and maybe it's a little not as spotlighted as others when you're doing you know if you're starting out and you're making a short film you're going to be the producer who does everything you're going to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches you're going to do the budget you're going to you know give feedback on the script you're going to figure out you know what how you're going to shoot the film who do you want to work who's who are you going to hire to work on it how much money you have how are you going to get that money what are the legal contracts um, then you're going to be doing accounting. Then you're going to be doing, you know, the distribution of the film. You're going to be doing it all. And you should, because it's going to help you on everything moving forward after that, because then you're going to have this knowledge of what every, and then hopefully get into a position where you can be like, I liked this and this and this about producing. I liked making the sandwiches and I liked doing distribution and I liked giving script feedback and I only want to do those. So in the next project, I'm going to hire someone to do all the things I didn't like or all the things that they like doing. You know, maybe there's, maybe you're going to figure it out at the National Screen Institute, but probably to get into the National Screen Institute, you're going to have to figure out some of it on your own just by making that film and you will everybody's looking for producers. Everybody has a script. Everybody wants to direct, but nobody has a producer. So find the producers, um, celebrate the producers, train the producers. And um, if you have an interest in making your own projects, see, you know, think about producing, think about getting on board um, and learning all aspects of it 
and that I mean I will say like being a producer has given me a career as a writer it would not have happened if I didn't produce my own work After getting past all of my technical questions about writing and producing, I was eager to know why Josh simply loves to be a storyteller. What pushes him every day to get up to write and produce on-screen films? So after taking a couple of moments really thinking about this big question, given all of his experience, he said, I love the art form. I love movies. I grew up, you know, watching movies with my dad and discussing them and I've lost my dad as well now. So I, I just think of him a lot and anything I, 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 you know, anything I put out into the world and um, his death sort of lit a fire in me. And, and I think that the, the, for some, that's when it came together for me was, was after he passed away was like, I, I didn't want to just, you know, be a cog in every in in all the machines. I can totally do that, but I wanted to, I wanted to lead, I wanted to lead, and I wanted to create, you know, stories that I was passionate about that I felt had a spot in the world, and I think that um, losing my dad sort of gave me that that uh, fire inside me to make it happen. You know, I I think about him on every project. Like, I wish I could thank him on, on in every credit. You know, like he he was so supportive and and he was so excited. But I I was very, you know, I, I got a short shorter time than I wanted with my dad. But I have no, you know, and I, I do have complaints. But in the in the in the world view of it, like I had a short time with him. But he was such a great dad. He was so supportive. And he was so interested in what I was doing. All the great things you can say about a parent, um, I, I got from him in that short time, and and I still get from my mom. I think everyone has at least one story that they could tell better than anyone else. Um, specificity, your own experiences. And two people could have exactly the same experience and they could, one of them could write a rom-com out of it and one of them could write a drama. And that's just the voice. If you if you're able to just tap into your own voice and, and write, then I think I really do believe that everybody has a story to tell. And that's why there are so many writers and it's just about finishing that project, rewriting it as many times as you possible, or just, writing it for yourself you know that is a story too maybe someone finds it one day this episode was written and produced by me emily palmer communications intern at the national screen institute a very special thank you goes out to NSI's Joey Lowen, Liz Hover, Chris Vajner, Ursula Lawson, Kaya Wheeler, and Jessica Gibson. Thank you to the National Screen Institute's corporate supporters. Manitoba Sport, Culture, and Heritage. The City of Winnipeg, through the Winnipeg Arts Council. TELUS, Telefilm Canada, CBC, APTN, Bell Media, Directors Guild of Canada, Manitoba Film and Music, RBC Emerging Artist Project, Documentary Channel, 
CBC GEM, Center for Aboriginal Human Resource Development, Indigenous Screen Office, Canada Media Fund, the Winnipeg Foundation, Super Channel, Blue Ant Media, National Film Board of Canada, Stantec, William F. White International, and Company 3. And a very special thank you to all of our other supporters. And a big thank you to you for listening to this episode of The Hats We Wear.